When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. we got a late-night Sunday edition, uh, just coming off the heels of the Sunday night football game that just concluded. I mean, uh, New England rolls through the Broncos. I mean, it, it was a competitive game if you exclude the fact that the Broncos special teams unit just completely imploded. So uh, just to kind of uh, go through uh, <laughs> just a mess of a day in the NFL, uh, you know, you got quite a number of storylines that cropped up here. Uh, so uh, let's get right to it. Uh, you had the shocker of, uh, I mean, basically, Pittsburgh barely scrapes by a lackluster performance uh, to beat the Colts at the buzzer, uh, if you will. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh hadn't led at all the entire game and uh, get the game-winning field goal to uh, uh, skate by uh, in in Indy in a matchup where they were completely asleep. Uh, You had matchups where Buffalo gets blasted at home uh, 47-10. to Uh, Again, Buffalo didn't look good against the Jets, got embarrassed, got blasted uh, by the Saints. Uh, Just not a good look. And now you're starting to see some of the issues with the Bills uh, trading away so many players because I'm looking at this team and I'm saying to myself, uh, they're not that good, (laughs) but they're still in the hunt uh, in the AFC just because the AFC is just such a a mess this year. And, you know, Jacksonville, no quarterback at all with Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is absolutely horrible. There's nothing you can say about Blake Bortles that is remotely encouraging. He shows no signs of progress. Uh, I'll go into the fantasy aspect and a breakdown uh, later uh, after the Monday night game, but I mean, uh, Jacksonville is so limited by Blake Bortles at this point. I mean, I just don't know where you go with this team because you need a quarterback, but there's n- 
the window to trade for a QB has passed. You're trying to make do. I mean, Tom Coughlin's, I'm assuming, is playing the long game here and hoping that the Giants are desperate to offload Eli Manning, which I'm going to get to uh, shortly uh, because Blake Bortles can't throw. The Jaguars need a quarterback, but they may be playing for next year because, uh, you know... At this stage, they can't really go anywhere. I mean, they're six and three, but they're so limited in what they can do. I mean, uh, the Chargers just stacked the box and dare Blake Bortles to throw the football. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville uh, had one uh, fluke run uh, with a fake punt uh, to get uh, a fifty-six yard fake punt run for a touchdown. Uh, that's the only reason why they cracked over a hundred yards today rushing. I mean, besides that run uh, for 56 yards, they were uh, yeah, they were under 80 yards rushing. Uh, I mean, Fournette was averaging two yards a carry. I mean, it was just ugly. Uh, so uh, there's that and the fact that Blake Bortles could not hit the broad side of a bus. Uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, base, well, technically it's yesterday because we're just a little bit after midnight, but I mean realistically, th- this was tough to watch. I mean, it was a rough game to watch. It, uh, I mean, if you want to, if you want an answer as to why NFL ratings are down, it ain't, it ain't because of protest. It's because of quarterback play that poor. And the fact that you can watch games on red zone, because there is no reason to watch some of these games on Sunday ticket. I'll tell you that much. Even if you had an illegal stream or whatever setup you want, there's no way you're, subjecting yourself i mean most fans can't do it i mean i'll do it for the giants but i mean it was rough so getting back to the giants i told people this going in they were doubting me and i kept saying it because this team had already given up on the season i told people that the giants were going to lose to the 49ers and give them their first win of the year i don't care if the 49ers uh, quarterback's name, uh, you can make a joke of his name saying that his name is Beat Hard as a, a last name. C.J. Beathard uh, did what everybody else needs to do against the Giants defense, carve them up because the pass rush isn't there because guys do not give a rat's ass anymore about this team. It, there's, there's, no way, uh, uh, there's no way that... The Giants are even remotely competitive the rest of the way this year as long as Bob McAdoo is the coach. They don't care. They're not going to go out of their way to make tackles. They're not going to go out of their way to make uh, competent blocks. Too many guys are banged up on the offensive line as is. I mean, the only guy basically busting his ass right now uh, is pretty much Evan Ingram. You're getting some hard runs out of Dark One Gallman, but I mean, if you're looking at the Giants objectively, there is absolutely no consistency as to rhyme or reason as to what this team's actually going for. I mean, Sterling Shepard got a ton of targets today, mainly because the Giants have no idea what they're doing on offense. So, Shepard got looks. Uh, you know, 
I would think that Shepard is a wide receiver one going forward, but I mean, there's there's so little uh, uh, little consistency with this team at this stage that it's a it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell with this team. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, kind of looking at it, it from. Even the most objective view, this season has been such a dumpster fire overall of sapping the collective spirit of the team. Now, the one thing that people will point to is the fact that maybe there was way too much leniency given to the Odell-Beckham situation. But the fact remains is that, you know, this team did not have competent blocking on the offensive line throughout the preseason, nor last year, nor the year before that, and it finally caught up to this team. I mean, this is the nightmare scenario I was afraid of last year. They got by it, and now it's actually coming home to roost. Uh, This one falls on Jerry Reese. McAdoo was not ready to be a head coach in the first place. Again, that's on Jerry Reese, but that's more on John Mara above all else. John Mara runs the franchise. I mean, Steve Tisch is also the owner, but, I mean, Steve Tisch is there to offer up money. (laughs) But that's about it. The Maras run the team. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Giants are a model franchise, and they're getting absolutely embarrassed. They're not the Browns. They're not the Bears. They're not used to this. I, you know, they usually don't fire coaches mid-year. McAdoo is making such a wholesale case for it. I mean, even at a press conference, McAdoo was actually stating that he's not embarrassed by this team. Which, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, if you're not embarrassed by this team, you probably shouldn't be coaching. Because... To watch the lack of effort being put out by your defense uh, repeatedly. I mean, you just look at the tape. The guys aren't committing to tackles because they would rather make sure that they're feeling healthy. I mean, Richard Sherman blew out his Achilles knowing that he'd probably blow out his Achilles because he cared that much about the team uh, winning every possible game they can to get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The Giants don't have such motivation, and you're seeing them check out of games completely. Uh, I mean, a coach has to be able to find a way to motivate guys, and his response of they're well-paid individuals, they should be self-motivated, inspires zero confidence. I mean, that's the sign of a man who has no concept of being able to relate to individuals when things aren't going well. If you're saying that just because you're making money, yeah, you should be motivated. Yeah, lots of people don't want to get fired. But when they know they can get hired by someone else right around the corner, guess what? They're just waiting out their time, which is what the Giants look like right now. They're looking like they're waiting out their time. Eli is just kind of along for the ride at this point. I mean, you're just seeing some blank stares from him, I, you know. I'm I'm still looking at it from the standpoint of Eli probably would not want to be traded in the offseason, but, you know, if I'm John Mara and I'm looking at this objectively, 
I have the conversation with Archie because you can have the conversation with Eli, but I mean, honestly, Archie still calls the shots with the Manning family for by and large. And you say, we can get X amount from Jacksonville. You're reunited with Tom Coughlin, a model uh, who knows how to run a franchise and uh, is respected amongst Eli. Yep. You might want to have a, a sense of uh, kind of placing him in a better situation than he is right now. Yeah, could the Giants try to reload and fix this all in one offseason? Yeah, they could. But the cap situation is so bad for the Giants right now because of Jerry Reese's mishandling of the uh, Jason Pierre-Paul situation and numerous other guys, which is what caused Hankins to leave in the first place because we didn't have any money, nor do we have any money to sign any uh, tackles that actually did get cut last minute. So we, we screwed ourselves uh, because there were opportunities. Anyway, going into far too much detail. Uh, but the Giants have a at least a two-year rebuild process uh, at this stage. And even then, still doesn't address the uh, Odell Beckham situation. So you might need to actually consider the possibility of trading Odell, which I know people don't want to hear, but you may have to play out a scenario of franchising him and then seeing what the opportunity is, uh, depending on how he comes back next year, uh, where you're going to go there. But yeah, the Giants have a lot of work to be done ahead, and they may need to get rid of McAdoo uh, for the end of the year to start evaluating guys properly with someone who might actually be able to uh, genuinely uh win the job uh, next year because you're not going to be able to bring anyone in uh, mid-season, but you might be able to, if you let them know ahead of time, <laughs> by getting rid of McAdoo, because, yeah, you can wait till the end of the year, but you might you might as well see uh, what you can actually get out of uh, these players in the meantime because, yes, you could let McAdoo tank the rest of the year uh, to, get the, uh, to ensure you get a top three pick because if McAdoo coaches out the rest of this year, the Giants are probably going to end up with the number two pick. Only reason why I say number two pick is the fact that the Browns are so incompetent uh, that they're going to end up with the number one pick yet again this year, and Hugh Jackson's getting fired. Uh, I'm not sure how many other people in the Cleveland front office are getting fired after that whole A.J. McCarron uh, situation blew up on them, but uh, the Browns are going to end up with the number one pick. Uh, I would be shocked if they didn't end up uh, there that way. Uh, the 49ers are still bad, but at least they're competing, which is what was the difference today. I mean, you saw the 49ers actually fight for their coach, the Giants. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's about as embarrassing as it gets when you get dominated by a winless team and the game was not close. It really, the score did not indicate how, lopsided that game actually ended up being at the end of uh, when you actually look at the game in totality because uh, the fact that Marquise Goodwin got behind everyone in the secondary for an 83-yard pass play is inexcusable. But be that as it may, uh, I'm going to switch to some other things that I saw in the league that absolutely drove me insane uh, because, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I need to focus on things that made me laugh because uh, the Giants are just too depressing. So, uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, 
again, lost today. Had a chance to actually win the game if they, you know, didn't shoot themselves in the foot consistently. So in uh, at the end of the first half, they're at the two-yard line of the Lions. And instead of, you know, running a quick out, even maybe a fade, they got 15 seconds left on the clock. Instead of running a quick pass play, I don't like fade routes, but I, I, I get it in that scenario where you're trying to get a quick pass play off and you're uh, trying to avoid the sack. The Browns decide to go for a QB sneak from the two-yard line. Needless to say, this play did not work. Needless to say, they were not able to run another play for the rest of the half. You know why? Because a a QB sneak is a play that takes off a minimum of 21 seconds. Mind you, I said they had 15 seconds. There's no way you're going to be able to run a QB sneak and actually get off a second play if you don't get in the end zone. The fact that that play call, I mean, I, I wanted someone in the media to question why the hell Hugh Jackson would even call that play or if that was an audible that Deshaun Kaiser had on his own. And if it was Deshaun Kaiser who had audible on that play, oh, he needs to get benched. You, you can't have that play call. It, it made absolutely no sense. So it's just reckless. So that was the that was bonehead play number one. Bonehead play number two. Bears game. Shockingly, Bears lose to Brett Hundley and the Packers. Hundley actually did look somewhat competent as a QB, but uh, deciding play of the game, in my opinion. Benning Cunningham catches out a pass out in the flat. Goes to the pylon. Gets knocked out of bounds. He makes contact with the pylon. John Fox decides to challenge the play. Mind you, it's a first and goal from the one-yard line. Instead, when he challenges the play, not only does he not get his touchdown, the referees decide that Benny Cunningham lost possession of the football because the pylon is considered out of bounds and that when he went to ground, the the ball was was coming loose, so because he hit the pylon, which is out of bounds, it's actually a touchback. Now, here are a couple of things that drive me nuts. The process of a catch. No one seems to understand. Because we had Andre Ellington make a catch, fumble a ball, and it gets overturned as an incomplete pass. Why was the Benning Cunningham play any different than this? I don't know. It seems to be pretty much the same play, but, you know, the NFL is so dysfunctional right now, there is no clear delineation as to what is and is not a catch. But I I digress. So we're going to move on to bonehead play number three and four. We got to actually, we could have thrown in, actually there were five. Uh, we've got three separate bonehead plays, and this is from the Jacksonville Chargers game. So, on one hand, in regulation, because, again, this was an awful game, Marquise Lee catches a well, he, he tries to catch a pass. He gets a pass interference call uh, because there's contact made. 
at least he thinks there's pass interference calls. He then proceeds to celebrate and gyrate in front of the Chargers defensive back. So instead of like actually just clapping his hands or doing, he gets a taunting penalty. On the other hand, the referees decide to pick up the flag because uh, they ruled that the ball had been tipped so that contact could have been made. But because Marquise Lee is an idiot and had already been gyrating in front of the Chargers player and got hit with the taunting call, the uh, the Jaguars actually got the taunting penalty, so they lost 15 yards. The Jags still get a chance back uh, in this game, and because the very next play after uh, that taunting penalty, uh, Bortles threw up a terrible, terrible pass, and uh, it got picked off. Uh, Chargers punt the ball back, and Bortles gets another shot at redemption, even though he's absolutely terrible. Uh, the Chargers, meanwhile, get a weak roughing passer call because Joey Bosa had his hands touch uh, Bortles' face. So th- they, get a, they get a chance at redemption to tie up the game. Meanwhile, in overtime, Philip Rivers loses his mind because there's five minutes left to go in OT. Mind you... It's sudden death, so any score wins. Phillip Rivers on a third and nine, and he's inside his own 10-yard line, decides to throw up a chuck and pray pass down the sideline into double coverage and gets picked off uh, uh, by uh, the Jaguars. Now, again, I brought up the fact that these two teams are morons. The Jaguars player, he gets a, a unsportsmanlike penalty for taunting, but instead of because he actually taunted as he picked the ball off, so it should have been back at the forty-five uh, yard line uh, where the penalty was assessed. the The referees only assessed the penalty uh, once he got down to the twenty-five yard line, so that put him. Uh, at around uh, uh, the 40. Uh, but uh, I, actually, no, I, I shouldn't say the 40. I actually put him at the uh, they put him at the 30 yard line uh, because they they they, uh, they assessed it as if it was uh, they 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 assessed the penalty uh, uh, down to the 25 yard line. Uh, because they uh, he had actually run it back into the end zone, uh, uh, so they only assessed it back to uh, the very end of the run. So he was around the 16, uh, uh, 17, 18 yard line. I forget exactly the yardage, but like they assigned a taunting penalty after the fact because he was high stepping into the end zone. He was taunting before then, but he, he, like I said, I think the refs just wanted to get the hell out of there because of how bad this game was. So that was. Dumbass play number two uh, of this game. Well, actually, no. That was dumbass play number three. I'm forgetting myself. But, again, to highlight how idiotic this game was, Josh Lambeau, who had also missed kicks in this game, 
uh, he gets the chance to win the game on a chip shot. He gets his kick blocked partially by the Chargers. So it barely, so this kick was a 30-yard chip shot. He still line drives the kick low enough where it gets partially blocked, so it barely creeps over the crossbar. Josh Lambeau, instead of, you know, breathing a sigh of relief, proceeds to run as fast as he can to the middle of the field and does a soccer-style celebration like he just scored a goal. Like, like, a, uh, like he pulled off a scorpion kick or a bicycle kick and pulled off this amazing goal. I, I literally looked at that and I just had to laugh because this was the... I, I would put it up there as one of the dumbest games I've ever actually had the pleasure of watching. Just because of the sheer number of things that both teams are going to rip themselves apart over uh, in the team meeting Monday morning. Because, I mean... The coaching staffs have got to be going insane over a game like that. Chargers are three and six; they're done. Uh, the Jaguars are six and three; they're still done because they have no quarterback. And teams are have already figured out the blueprint of if you just stack the box and just let Blake Bortles try to throw the football, he still can't get it done. So I still look at this and say, you know, you 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 got a lot of nonsense going on, but. I, I just had a laugh at that game. So if you guys have any chance of seeing the highlights, yeah, take a look at that one. Uh, at least it beats watching the Jets-Tampa game, which was actually the m- most unwatchable game of the day uh, beyond trying to see Tom Savage try to quarterback a team. But anyway, uh, we're going to go into the fantasy aspect uh, after the Monday night game, uh, but uh, expect to hear a lot of talk about Jared Goff because, let's be frank, he earned it. Kirk Cousins is also going to get some love uh, if uh, you like that celebration. So uh, that's all for now, and uh, have a good night. I'm going to get myself some sleep. talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll I'll take giselle okay (laughs) is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.